You're listening to the weekly sermon from Clarkston United Methodist Church in Michigan. We are a church dedicated to connecting people to people and people to God. To learn more, visit us at clarkstonumc.org. Our scripture today comes from Ezekiel chapter 37. Hear now these words. The hand of the Lord came upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me all around them. There were very many lying in the valley, and they were very dry. He said to me, Mortal, can these bones live? I answered, O oh Lord God, you know. Then he said to me, prophesy to the, those bones and say to them, O oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord of God to these bones, I will cause breath to enter you and you shall live. I will lay sinews on you and will cause flesh to come upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live and you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I had been commanded, and as I prophesied, suddenly there was a noise, a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to its bone. I looked, and there were sinews on them, and flesh had come upon them, and the skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. And then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, mortal, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath and breathe upon these slain that they may live. I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood on their feet, a vast multitude. Then he said to me, Mortal, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They say, Our bones are dried up, and our hope is lost. We are cut off completely. Therefore prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from the graves, O my people, and I will bring you back to the land of Israel. You shall know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and bring you up from the graves, O my people. I will put my spirit within you, and you shall live, and I will place you on your own soil, that you shall know that I am the Lord, and I have spoken and will act, thus says the Lord. Amen. Let us pray. Good and gracious God, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Renew, rekindle, invigorate, energize, come around, snap out of it. All of these are synonyms for the word revive that I looked up. Today we start our sermon series on revive. Revive or revival are not words that we often use as Methodists. We associate revivals with the old camp meetings. Uh, revivals where preachers talk about hell and yell about sin. Now. I've never been to a revival, but I've seen them on TV or at least in movies like Leap of Faith and The Apostle. You know, you can do a Google search or pull up a YouTube of, of revival scenes and you get this image of a preacher yelling and screaming and talking about sin and the devil. 
Now, knowing that some of us carry this image of a revival, that's why I looked to see if I could find other words for this series, but I think that revive works best. When I talk about a revival or say that we need to revive, I don't mean that we're going to gather under a tent and I'm going to yell at you or scare you. Webster defines revival as renewed attention to or interest in something. And dictionary.com defines it as restoration to life, consciousness, vigor, or strength. That's the kind of revival I'm talking about. We've been through a long, hard time. The last 18 months have robbed us. It became impossible for us to live joyfully. Many of us lived in a state of fear, fear of contracting the virus, fear of giving the virus to someone we loved, fear of losing our job, fear of never getting back to normal. We experienced a lot of loss, a lot of exhaustion, and it has taken a toll on us. We've felt stuck and hopeless. We've been languishing. In an article for the New York Times, Adam Grant defines languishing as a sense of stagnation and emptiness. It feels as if you're muddling through your days, looking at your life through a foggy windshield. And it might be the dominant emotion of 2021. Languishing is the void between depression and flourishing, the absence of well-being. You don't have symptoms of mental illness, but you're not the picture of mental health either. Either, You're not functioning in full capacity. Languishing doubles your motivation, disrupts your ability to focus, and triples the odds that you'll cut back on work. Now, while doctors are working to treat and cure the physical symptoms of that COVID long haulers are experiencing, many of us are still struggling with the emotional long haul of the pandemic. The intense grief and fear that many have felt through the pandemic has certainly had lingering effects. And now, after a summer that felt almost normal, we face new surges, new variants, and it's so much to get our heads around, so we languish in need of a revival. Ezekiel was a priest and a prophet. He was in ministry to the exiled Israelites. They were in a the people in need of a revival. Now, just an aside, Ezekiel was a prophet to them for 30 years, a span that began in 593, and it's the most thorough chronological notations that we have of the prophets is that um, is, is Ezekiel. Israel was exiled to Babylon, and they were helpless and hopeless. God chose Ezekiel to give hope to the people, hope of restoration to their homeland, hope of returning to their temple, hope that could only be given by their just and holy God. As people barred from their country under cruel political rule, Israel languished and wondered if life would ever be normal again. It's in this context that God does something, well, let's be honest, strange. God grabs Ezekiel, he takes him up, and he sets him down in the middle of an open plain that is just strewn 
with bones. And then he leads Ezekiel around them. There are lots and lots of bones, and they're all over the plain, and they're dry bones. They're bleached white by the sun. And then God asked Ezekiel if the bones could live. Now, normally this might feel like a trick question, but Ezekiel, rightfully, is probably feeling in awe and maybe even confused and is overstruck. And his response is, Master God, only you know that. And then God said, prophesy over them and and commanded, dry bones, listen to the message of God. God commands Ezekiel to prophesy to the bones in order to announce their revivification. Ezekiel declares the process. I'll breathe on you and put sinnoh on you and cause flesh to come on you and cover you with skin. And finally, I will put breath in you and you shall live. And because this happened, a revived people will know God. It really is kind of like a Halloween scene, all of the bones coming together, finding where they go, forming bodies, and then coming alive through the breath. It is strange. But sometimes God takes drastic measures to make a point. The end of the scene is that declaration of breath. Now, it's important here to recognize that the word breath both is found here in Ezekiel and in Genesis 2. The Hebrew word is ruach. And it's a word that means breath, but it's more than that. It also gives us an inclination of the Holy Spirit. So it's the breath of God. The body is formed before the breath in both cases of creation and here with the dry bones. The body is seen, the breath is not, yet the breath is what enlivens the body, brings it to life, revives it. Now why in the world did God do this? To give Israel hope, to show them that they were not forgotten, that they too would be revived, that God can bring dry bones to life. God will bring Israel back to life also. Now, when I was doing my research, the commentary I read on Ezekiel titled this section, Dry Bones Are Remembered. They've become part of the body again. They've become a body together. And I can't help but wonder, do we need to be remembered too? Reconnected to one another to this church? Do we need to feel the Holy Spirit, the breath of life inside us, rejuvenating and reawaking in us to God's presence, God's call, God's plan for us? How do we reclaim hope from languishing? Now, Grant says that the antidote to languishing is flow. We need to find our flow, to find our purpose again, to feel as though we are a part of something, something that motivates us and inspires us, that engages us. When we become immersed in our projects and our activities, we avoid languishing. 
I would bet that all of us know deep within inside us. And we have seen throughout history that one of the purposes of the church is to help people to keep their faith vibrant through connection. Now, often we find revival by going away, by escaping to somewhere. We leave work behind. We leave our responsibilities behind. We enjoy nature and feel God's presence. And that's all good. We need that sometimes. But we can't always go away. And honestly, we need more. We need the church. The church provides ways to revive, to remember, to help us overcome our languishing, especially now, to give us something new, a renewed purpose, a new way to serve, to grow in faith, to help others. The thing is, we never really fully realize we need a revival until we've experienced it. Have you ever experienced it? Maybe you've come to worship or been a part of a Bible study or a choir practice or a mission activity where you were stirred and inspired and just really filled. Filled maybe with hope, with the Holy Spirit. And you walk away and you think to yourself, wow, I really had no idea how much I needed that. You're revived. Revived is the way that we feel when we experience the Holy Spirit. Joyful, hopeful, full of God's grace. And friends, that's what the church can offer. Nothing else can. Is that experience of the Holy Spirit that reignites, re-energizes, revitalizes, that revives your spirit. that helps you to experience the Holy Spirit within you, giving you life. Now, we've been talking about it for a while now. Today is the ministry fair, and you who are uh, worshiping at home might not experience it um, in person, although you're certainly welcome at 10 o'clock down in the ministry center and then again at 12, and we'll also have lunch. It's a time to come and figure out all that the church is offering to see for yourself the ways to engage. And if you can't be with us, you can always call the church office and know that much of what we're talking about, you can also read about in the chimes um, that you can find on the website and as well as all kinds of activities that are going on are on the website as well. I hope that you will engage either virtually or in person, whatever feels best to you, but let us help you revive. In the name of Jesus, amen. You've been listening to the weekly sermon from Clarkston United Methodist Church in Michigan. We are a church dedicated to connecting people to people and people to God. To learn more, visit us at clarkstonumc.org.